Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Happy anniversary. You sound so enthused. <laughs> That's great. I tried. I did it on purpose. I, I, oh, sure you did. Sure you did. I You're did. not that good of an actor, bro. I was going to say like six mean things. Go for All it. time. Well, no, it was more. You do you. Mostly just to try to time you doing a spit take. You do you, whatever, you know, whatever. You do you, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. As soon as you said that, I knew. You do you, I boo-boo, knew. you fucking idiot. Who thinks that, man? So today. Who thinks that? So, so context for those of you that are listening. <laughs> so, of course, today's episode is a miracle. Um, if you're new here, we talk about our lives, we talk about movies, we have a big movie collection. Today is our wedding anniversary. You're all caught up. Um <laughs> And so uh, I tell the stories. Excuse me. So I was, I don't remember the story. No, I have it. So every day, every day that we work out, we have a text chain with the two of us and our friends, Augie and Tope. And we clip like promos and just like energize each other and hype each other up for the day and, and whatnot. So this morning when I cut a promo, I was talking about how we made, try to call Augie during this podcast to get his perspective on things, which I'll get to later on in the show as well. But there would have been a couple problems with that anyway, because Augie probably wouldn't answer his phone. Augie's good at answering his phone. Sure. He's a great multitasker. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying, like, Augie's not going to be answering his phone while he's not, like, delivering a baby driving a (laughs) semi-truck, but... The baby's driving the semi-truck or Augie's driving the semi-truck? Everything's on the table. <laughs> the baby is named semi-truck. So he was like, oh, it's going to be hard for me to answer because he's got like literally, it's like seven hours of hockey or some shit. And I was Legitimately. like. And I was like, no problem. It's like, just like, how much do you like this movie? So I know like how much, how hard to go on it, right. you know, positively, negatively, whatnot. And his response back was, do you boo-boo? And my first thought was, why is he asking me if I boo-boo? I don't know what that is. And here's the key. I, here's why I thought it was the case. There was no question mark. No, well, there wouldn't be a question mark. It would, there would have to be a comma for it to make sense. But how long... Punct- have, no, 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 no. What I'm getting at... How long have you known Augie? This is what I'm getting at, is that... There could have been any punctuation there, and it actually wouldn't have mattered. Because it could have been a question mark, could have been a period, could have been a semicolon. He could have put the letter H afterwards. Augie doesn't know what a semicolon does. Uh, that's when he only processes like part of your food, right? <laughs> so the, the conversation continued, and he was like, I love the movie, blah, 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 blah. But like I said, do you. And when he put just do you, I realized 
he was calling me boo-boo. And I still take offense to it, because I don't know if it's like Yogi Bear boo-boo, no. honey boo-boo. That's like a common saying. I think you need some younger friends. I'm talking about <laughs> Augie. Yeah, but Augie hangs out with like 15-year-olds. No, he doesn't. He teaches hockey to kids. 15-year-olds aren't kids. To us, they are. Because <laughs> we're going to be 35. No, 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 no. no. To Augie, they're kids. Because 15-year-olds... <laughs> were born when Augie was 22. <laughs> 15 year olds to us, we, we were, were 10. We were 20. <laughs> How late is Walmart open and do they still sell guns? But no ammo. Um, That's the cruelest thing of all time. Um, <laughs> but seriously, uh, fuck you if you own a gun. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so I'm an idiot. Happy anniversary, us. We've married eight years today, and this is our... I love you so much, I love bro. you, too. This is our... I love you so much, boo-boo. This fucking hate you. We can you. get you a jersey that says boo-boo on the back. <laughs> Great, Samantha. Um, this is what we do on our anniversary now, is we record a podcast. This year, we are not really like celebrating that many holidays or doing much because well, we're not we're making, gifting, each we're not other gifting anything or really, really do like so this weekend we're going to go out and um we're going to eat all the food eat some food and you know enjoy each other's company while we have free babysitting and <laughs> you did not have to say it sounded like meaner than i meant it to be with all three of those parts but normally you know we sentence. we go to extreme lengths to you know, we try to always outdo each other. Outdo we each other with do. presents and not anything really. And yeah, we're really competitive. In case you haven't noticed, we're trying to save money at least uh, to purchase a new home in the next year. So we're just we had a nice quiet evening. You made uh, my favorite meal, which was nice. We played with Jillian, and now we're recording here. Um, not much has happened. I don't remember the last time we recorded if we discussed the last Oscar movie that we watched. I know I discussed it on the blank slate, so if you want to, uh, if you now want to hear our hilariously bad but somewhat insightful and prognosticating Oscar thoughts, make sure you're subscribed to the blank slate wherever you get your podcast. Myself, Rich Camelucci, and Tony Colt talked for two and a half hours about the Oscars that were this past uh, Sunday, which I want to get to in just a moment. But if you've been listening to the show, you know I was on a personal quest to watch the, all 15 movies that were nominated for the big six categories, and we snuck in under the wire, despite the fact that our television fucking broke, uh, which I think we did discuss on the podcast, so maybe we did talk about it, just in case. We watched The United States versus Billie Holiday. We both hated it. The end. Uh, <laughs> that's all the movies we've watched as of late. Because the past week has been busy with work, and Sunday a day we would normally watch a movie to prepare uh, for recording. We watched Miracle yesterday, uh, April 26th. 25th was the Oscars, um, which we watched. You caught most of the ceremony. I caught all the ceremony. And, yeah, it was pretty, pretty nuts. It didn't feel like it was the Oscars. No, it definitely didn't feel like but it I was think, the Oscars. Like, nothing's felt how it should. Sure. I actually really liked large chunks of the ceremony. I liked the venue. I liked the more intimate setting. I liked the direction. Steven Soderbergh 
you know, was one of the producers. And you definitely felt his influence on the show. Um, I liked, to a certain extent, the fact that they didn't play off any speeches. Yeah. There were other people who was like, you don't need to talk for four minutes. Uh, I like Glenn Close doing the butt. Um, I liked most of the winners. But the big jarring things that everyone's talking about, I do agree with. Like, you need to show fucking clips of the movies and, yeah. and examples of why they're winning. I don't need, you know, this glad-handing, masturbatory, you know, praise by a, a, by a famous person to more famous people. That's why common people that you want to reach fucking hate the Oscars. And that's why this was the worst rated Oscar telecast by over 14 million viewers yeah. dropping off ever. Um, but I think the, also a large part of that was because a lot of people didn't watch movies. Well, yeah, no, specifically these movies, these even though movies, they were... They, they yeah. were super accessible, but I think a lot of them were also just not really for broad audiences yeah, the, overall. Yeah, every year, in a normal year, you have one or two movies that made a lot of money or at least hopefully there is, so that it draws in a crowd, and then the other smaller movies kind of get recognized and appreciated and seen afterwards, and that didn't happen this year. Um, everything was out of order. The The best actor ending is going to go down as one of the biggest like faux pas for multiple reasons, mostly because ultimately, at the end of the day, Anthony Hopkins was an incredibly deserving winner, and of I feel course. like it's going to get this stigma attached to it. Um, and he thankfully came out yesterday morning and released like a very brief, like 45 second acceptance speech. It was just like, yeah, I didn't think I was going to win. Uh, I, I missed Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. But thanks, you know. Uh, you just can't make that. And now they're trying to backtrack and be like, oh, well, Olivia Coleman was supposed to like say something, but like we forgot. So Joaquin Phoenix, you know, had to carry it. Or. We didn't know who the winner was going to be, so we thought either way it was going to get people talking. It's like, yeah, but you don't... It's the same fucking problem I have, spoiler alert, with fucking, you know, Rey in The Last Jedi just being nobody's fucking daughter. And, of course, they retcon that. Same fucking problem I have with WandaVision. Same fucking problem I have with you build something up to and to get people's expectations and anticipation at its peak, mm -hmm. and then you don't fucking deliver on it, and the whole time you're like, well, that was the point. No, fuck you. You don't know how to tell a story properly. And especially the case of, of an award show where you don't know the, the results, well, then just... Just don't to, to Just go it. boiler, just, just stay normal. Right. If you're worried about people tuning out because... Uh, Someone be else didn't win. Yeah, because like, you're they're mad that Chadwick Boseman didn't win. There's still 15, 20 minutes left on the show. Well, then tough fucking titty. Like, that's just how it goes. Right. They probably weren't watching. And also, you've strung people along for three and a half hours waiting for the moment, and then you don't get it? How do you think they're going to feel next year when the show hits? I, I could go on and on about it forever, but it, it was really, really bothersome. A really crappy way to end, you know to me, what was a pretty cool Oscar season that I got pretty invested in. I did great on my, my picks and my predictions. Um, Too bad you didn't bet on any of it. Oh, oh, yeah, shout out to Tony Colt, uh, who asked me for action, and I thought he was, like, actually going to put it through, because, of course, in Chicago, sports betting is legal, which is where he lives. But he was just acting as the bookie, so I was like, oh, man, I, I, he asked me if I wanted to put anything on Hopkins. I was like, 
nah, I'm not that feisty. Because I was thinking, like, oh, I'll pluck, like, $50 down on whatever line he has. I would have been $350 if I did that. Um, no. $50, 3500 I don't know. Uh, it was going to be through him. And he's like, oh, I only have taken, like, 10 bucks. <laughs> but he still, I still had 100 Yeah, it would have been, like, $3,500. Because I think he was plus 700 Cool. Sorry. Uh, I guess I didn't... That's be- been all for this. I guess I didn't believe in miracles. Miraculous. <laughs> this episode. Uh, randomly drawn out of the box. Uh, I will read it now. The true story behind the greatest moment in sports history. Inspirational and highly entertaining, says CNN. Magnificent, more than a sports film. It's a classic, says ABC TV. From the studio that brought you The Rookie and Remember the Titans comes the movie everybody loves, Miracle. (laughs) Filled with exhilarating nonstop hockey action and heart-racing suspense, it's the inspiring true story behind one of the greatest moments in sports history, the 1980 United States ice hockey team's triumphant Olympic Olympic. I think this goes okay, but whatever. Victory against the Soviet Union. Kurt Russell gives a brilliant performance as the dynamic and determined coach Herb Brooks, who had an impossible dream beat the seemingly unbeatable Soviets at their own game. Starting with a hand picked group of 26 undisciplined kids, Brooks coached them to play like they had never played before and turned 20 of them into a team that believed they could achieve the unachievable. And in the process, united a nation with a new feeling of hope. That's one, bro. That was close to. I, I just mm, Olympic. But yeah, you, you. I mean, if you hadn't done all that, you know, you would have probably gotten away with it. But now, uh, I'm up one. You fucked up. Am I still up one, or am I up two? You only up one now, only bro. One. Okay. Our our reading challenge. What was the movie that fucked me up? Can you please go back uh, and tell me which train one? Train wreck. I got three. How did I get three on fucking train wreck? You got three on train wreck. Oh, God damn it. Three on train wreck. That, that's, that's... I had three on His Girl Friday. So. Well, we still have, what, like nine or ten to go? Yeah, something like that. Okay, well, I got to purposely nominate and draw things you're going to struggle with now. All the Russian movies. Yeah. I was actually scared for this one. I was like, oh, God, they're going to be like, thanks to Soviet goaltender Dmitry Peklovich. I was like, I'm just going to call Tony up and tell him how how does this go. So, had never seen this movie before. Actually, uh, one of the rare movies that came out in 2002 to 2007, 8, 9 that I did not see because I could have just gone anytime in theaters. Why? What do you mean? I wonder why you didn't go see this. Because I don't give a fuck about hockey. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about hockey. If if there ain't no knuckle puck in it, I don't want to see it. Um, like you say that, but like we've talked about Mighty Ducks on the show, and and I wish we had seen more games that Augie played. I like watching Augie play so, hockey. So I'm going to make this announcement now. Oh, I was going to no. do it at the end of the podcast. Uh-oh. So I've been teasing it um, over the course of the past several months, um, but you know we're we're wrapping up our wrap it up series where we're going back and watching the sequels and the movies and franchises we haven't watched in a while. That's going to end uh, in about a month and a half. We got It Chapter 2, and then we have Star Trek Wrath of Khan, and we're, we're caught up. Um, we're going to start two new reoccurring uh, gimmicks, segments, segments uh, recurring episodes on our podcast. The first one is going to be our wrapping it up 
of our can't pick list. No, that's that's terrible. I, I don't have a name for it yet, but basically, yeah, obviously, we're gonna go through everything that's on our can't pick list based on our nominations. We're gonna start chipping away at that list slowly but surely, so it's a little bit smaller. Because we're finding it difficult to nominate things, and there's movies on there that we just want to tackle. I, I I want that page to get lower in my notebook because I still have a notebook. Uh, the other one that we're starting is uh, in June we will be starting a guest star series mm -hmm. where every single month we are going to have uh, somebody that's not been on the show before. Uh, so eventually we will get back to some of the people we've had on the show before, like Andrew Zangri, Rich Campbellucci, Tati. Tatiana Aragon, The Reals, people we've had on the show Carly before. Carly and Tom. Carly and Tom, but this is for... Maybe just Carly. Specifically the people. Probably just Carly. Tom will be on the show just so I can look at him. Um... <laughs> People we haven't had on the show, and it's a travesty we haven't had on the show. So I kind of have a meticulous uh, plan in place for that that none of these people except, like, two know about. Um, one of those people is the aforementioned Augie Artillas. Uh, but because Augie's history with the show has been going on so long. Since since the beginning. He's not getting one episode. No. He's getting an entire month. It's going to be Augie August here on Maryland Movies. Where we're going to be doing... Uh, if you've been listening to this uh, show for a very long time, the one episode that he, we've been trying to do <laughs> almost since the inception of the movie, uh, of, so, of, of the podcast itself, we'll be doing uh, kind of the gimmick that we're doing with everybody, his selected movie, and we are going to be doing the Mighty Ducks franchise, which is a big break and protocol for us, and that's a franchise that hasn't been selected but because it's Augie. And it's hockey. And it's hockey. The, the show will be definitely over by then. The show will be over probably by the end of next month, I think. Um, so we can discuss it all. That oh, the, the, the Mighty Ducks, the Game Changers? Yeah. You have to might... be clear. Because when you say the show's going to be over, I'm like, we're ending the podcast? <laughs> well, trust me, by the time we get to doing it, four weeks of podcast with Augie, we're going to want to end it. So we're going to do no, those three episodes. I love Augie. We may, we may add a... Uh, the Mighty Ducks will probably end up being a two-week episode. Um, depending on how we're gonna deep have and so far much to we talk go. About. So, we're gonna so have so much to talk about. So this this have... movie actually came up when we were, you know, discussing with Augie what we were going to do. So the fact that Samantha drew it, you might have heard us kind of in no uncertain terms edit around us discussing what we should do. And I gave him the option, do you want to switch this out for the movie that we think we're gonna do uh, as his selection in August? And we ultimately chose no because uh this episode with Augie would not necessarily be funny, just like I still don't think this episode is particularly going to be a funny from here on in, me talking about this movie. Uh, oh, I think it's going to be hilarious. Because, uh, he, besides, no, I'm going to say this, like, Augie could do a master class on the Miracle on Ice. Like, he knows... Everything. He knows more about this than he does, like, state capitals. Well... Have to remember that for August. Um... And just in general. Right, and it right. wouldn't necessarily be okay. funny. It's going to be him just like honestly breaking it down and, and teaching us. Well, yeah, but because he he plays hockey. Like that's like what that he does Samantha. for his life. Like, Not every he, hockey player knows about the ins and outs of how accurate how much this you movie bet? was. How much you want to bet? I'm not going to bet anything because I Cause couldn't take having... Because you could have won $3,500 and you didn't. Because I, I couldn't take having another hockey friend in my life. And that doesn't count Augie's brother, so that means I am allowed two hockey friends in my life, and I don't won't have a third. So I'm not going to ask anybody else about hockey. Am I forgetting somebody? You're giving me a look where it's like you fucking forgot about somebody. I don't think I did. Did I? No. Thank you. Well, Augie played hockey like professionally, 
So I think it's Listen, okay. Hey. <laughs> Just because I know he's listening to these now. <laughs> so, gotta, you know, give him a little little jab. Uh, anyway, we're getting way off base. But he so, went way further in any sport than you've ever gone. Yeah, because he played hockey. I chose basketball. Because it was a no contact sport, right? There's plenty of contact. We're getting off. Tell, we're getting off subject here. No. Is that why she let you play it? No. I don't even have a joke. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so our can't pick uh, series and our guest star series is coming very very soon. But we wanted Augie to be on the show to kind of help us talk through this because th- this movie was. What were we gonna say? This movie's bad. Okay, so I disagree with that. I don't think the movie is bad. No, okay. I don't no, think it's one the of the greatest... The content is good. The content is good, okay? Like, I like the story. Obviously, it's like that feel-good, you know, America's triumphant story, and that's legitimately what happened, and I think that's pretty cool. Augie says it's a really accurate adaptation, and I can only take his word for it because I wasn't alive in the 1980 Olympics, and... um I didn't follow hockey then. I still don't really follow hockey. I know like a Bobby Ort is a hockey player because he's an answer in most of my crossword puzzles. So, first of all, his name is Bobby Orr, not Bobby Ort. Oh, maybe that's why I'm getting them all wrong. You've not gotten a crossword puzzle right for like 15 years because you thought his name was Bobby Ort. Or maybe it's just a Lord of the Rings question and it's Bobby Ork. Um... Wow, there's so much to unpack there. So I disagree with you that the movie is bad. Let's just, I'll just go from there. I, I think, so here's what I think about the movie. I think that it's fine. I think that I would much rather, and I know it exists, and I, I feel like I've seen pieces of it in the past, but it's much better suited as a documentary. I don't think there's a specific 30 for 30 on it. I think there's a famous Miracle on Ice documentary that took place way beyond or before that but i think getting like the actual people's like interviews and perspective and contextualizing it as a real life event as non-fiction is much better than dramatizing it because what was done here here's my biggest problem with the movie and it's basically what everyone loves about the movie the movie followed what happened way too closely and I, that sounds like a complaint I usually would have the opposite of, is the artistic liberties that are taken with all these biopics and how stuff is totally, you know, made up, out of order, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's done for dramatic effect, right? Mm-hmm. To add some juice to what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So you're a hypocrite is what you're saying. I'm not a hypocrite, per se. You're, you're saying that you're a hypocrite because this is about hockey and this is arguably the best depiction of those events that happen because it's the most realistic. I think I think that when that's done, I don't I think when it's done in other things, particularly no, You didn't have that complaint about space Jam. I was gonna say because <laughs> Michael Jordan actually really did go in that hole. No. Um I was gonna say usually it's not with sports movies, but I immediately think of like cool runnings and I think of other things that are based in reality that they, they did not happen. I was thinking more so like in music music biopics or like movie biopics. 
But in this case, it felt very flat to me. Well, without having no. these exaggerated moments or... Look, I think that the problem is, like, I, I don't think this movie's bad necessarily, right? I, I like the story and all that, like I just said before. I think the problem is, and it's exactly what Augie said, that you got hockey players to act in a movie and they can't do it. I think that's the problem. I think if they had gotten actors to be hockey players, it would have been a lot different, a lot better received because the best part of this movie is Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell's MVP. I mean, and that's an actor. He's an actor. I mean, that's, I mean, he's amazing in it. I mean, there's some good performances in this movie from people who are actually actors. It's the people who are the coaches and stuff like that. Kurt Russell, Patricia Clarkson, and Noah Emmerich are really good in this movie. They're really (laughs) great in the movie. And the people who aren't so great are the hockey players because they're hockey hockey players. There was two hockey players that I liked. And one of them is an actual actor. They do with the mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Which one? Uh, The the guy that gets gets cut. One of, oh, oh, uh, uh, Cox. One of my notes is... Why are you so excited I'm to say so, Cox? Cox! Cox! One of my notes is... Cox! Ha <laughs> <laughs> One of my notes is... <laughs> Pedo mustache is all the rage, 1979. Everybody have one. I can't so, tell them all apart because they all have one. So, back but, back to my, my overarching point. So, I think point. that's the issue with this movie is that it's not well acted. So... And that's the problem. The acting definitely hurts, but... That's not 100% my point. Well, you're wrong. My, no, I'm not wrong. My point wrong. is... Fucking let me fucking talk. My point is that this was a big moment for America. I'm also... I'm, I'm past, like, patriotism and, you know, jingoism and, you know, whatever it may be. But in 1980, it was such a big deal for sure. whatever they were going to. The, the the opening credits where it's basically just why the fuck do we it's basically have we didn't month? start the fire the fire uh, I know newspaper I was clippings. like I was like why what the fuck is this opening montage to the sixties to eighties yeah, of America it's a cool like, history lesson and I get the sure, point but is that I'm not watching this for a history lesson man well you, you kind of are no it's, I'm it's, watching it for the hockey <laughs> it's a historical sports movie and you have to the, it was put there because. They want to show you everything that this it country has gone the through. Stage for the Basically, twenty tension. years to get to this moment of ultimate sports triumph over the big bad. You know. Yes. But it, it that's you could have gotten there with more uh, clips of Herb Brooks catching the news, or you know those press conference pieces and whatnot. So that's. That's how the movie is put together to be feeling important, right? Mm -hmm. And then what follows, I think the tone of it, again, was pretty realistic in that this coach was going to do anything it took, within reason, I mean, legally, to... Win. Win, and win for his country, and win for what happened to him getting cut 20 years prior. 
and missing out on his opportunity. Um, and, and, and showing how it can be done, right? So there's really good moments, like when they, uh, when they tie that exhibition game and he makes them run suicides. I'm going to call them suicides because it's the basketball name for him. Um, until they're throwing up and everyone's pissed and was... the, the power shut off and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, and the scene ends with Eruzioni, who ends up being the captain, just, you know, shouting his name, which is what Brooks was getting for them to introduce each other throughout the whole movie up to that point. And that's all he wanted. And we're good. And then, like, Noah Emmerich has, like, Well, shouted his name and said, he, pl- so... He plays the for the USA. Was, Who no. do you play for? And they would all say where they came from. Right. And he's like, I play for the United but States. But didn't he not say at the very beginning, like, when they first started doing that, like, somebody would say that, like, I play for this team. No. No? Okay, I'm just imagining it. No, no. He said, I played for you here at the U of... Oh, At okay. the U or whatever, because he played under him at the university. Sure. But, like, Noah Emmerich, like... He's so disgusted and he's so upset throughout this whole thing. He doesn't want to blow that whistle and, like, he's at his breaking point. And then when that happens and they walk off and these players are dead, he has, like, the smells like, yeah, okay. It's like, what? There's there's not enough for me to sympathize or root for Herbrooks. You're not supposed to. Yeah, you are. You have to. You have to. For this movie to work... For me, I have to see those one or two scenes, no matter how much you embellish them, of him being like, yeah, like like connecting with the team. So you get that awkward-ass Christmas where they give him a bullwhip, he says five words, and he leaves to go sit on his couch and fart before he puts the Christmas star up on the, uh, on the, the tree. And then the closest thing to it is when he cuts cocks. When he's actually emotional about it and tells him there's nothing that you did, it's just the fact of the matter. Like, that's as close as you get. Everything else is him yelling at a guy for being hurt to rile him up, and then I'm like, yeah, that'll work. Like, I basically felt I was watching, like, fucking J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. Honestly, what is there different between him and Herb Brooks? There's nothing. Right, but... Besides don't... slapping... Miles Teller would definitely be on this hockey team, him getting slapped around a few times. That's hard for me as somebody that's been trained for my entire life watching sports movies that there's going to be that scene where, you know, the coach kind of reveals what he's really all about. And, you know, in an interviews I read, the, the real players are like, yeah, the movie was really accurate and great, but they yeah. made Herb Brooks be like way too nice of a guy. And it's like, what? Yeah. He's like, they didn't have cool nicknames. We weren't called Coneheads, you know? It's just like... So that's the compromise that they had? Was It was hard for me but to, I, I don't think to like to, it for that reason. But I don't think you're supposed to sympathize with him as the coach. You're supposed to sympathize with the players. Must, well, that I didn't because they were bad actors. Well, yeah, that, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's where I fuse is that, like, right. I just didn't want to see them on screen acting. Right, but I think that that's... I think that that's you're supposed to sympathize with, you know, like, yes, this, you know, her, her Brooks was this, you know, ruthless coach who would do anything, you know, and it ignored his family and, and, and took all of these risks and was, and was really just a mean person, you know, and I, I think that 
when they did like the news interview, like the the um, reporters and stuff, and they I liked what the one reporter said, like, "Are you just keeping stopping us from talking to your team because you want to keep the spotlight on you?" I think that that was really telling, right? Like he had missed his chance. This was his redemption, and he was going to do whatever it took. So again, I interpreted that totally differently. I interpreted that as no, he's he's doing that to take the brunt and the force. Like, he got the weight of the moment in the situation, right? Like, mm. they are at the Olympics, mm. a total out-of-nowhere underdog story, fighting the greatest hockey team of all sure. time. In the midst of, you know, a war breaking out at any moment between the two sides. And if you allow these kids that have never been at that platform before mm. to get swallowed up by the media asking them questions and the right. attention, like, he took that oh. on... And didn't allow them to go and get distracted. Yes, or, or, that or wasn't. Be, a... Oh, so but isn't that like a sympath a sympathetic characteristic? Sure, but that... so wouldn't you find like isn't that yeah, but... like the good guy trait in him? Sure, but usually I had to infer that. Usually, you would get that moment of him walking after the press conference. And him being like, I'm tired of these reporters, like, trying to mess with my kids. Like, just one line, as simple as that. Like, they're his kids, you know? Like, protecting them, that would have worked. Instead of me having to do, like, these gymnastics yeah, then, in my head. He made, but then he made then he made the other guy go the next time. Right. Right. Yeah, so that has nothing to do. What are you doing, Alexa? That has, that has nothing to do with, like, so why would, if he was all about the spotlight, why would he have him No, go? he wasn't. I was just trying to get you to say that you were wrong, you... <laughs> Asshole. And I still didn't do it, so fuck you too. So, and that, that again, like the real world stuff to me at a certain point felt tacked on. When it, 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 it needed not to be in order to emotionally connect to it. Now, what I did emotionally connect to, I feel like this has just been 20 minutes of just crapping all over this movie without saying anything positively elected. You said you, you thought this was a bad movie. Well, I thought it was badly acted. But no, I like the story. I mean, if you don't like the story, there's something wrong with you. But <laughs> I think they did a, a really, really great job at capturing the hockey of it all. Yeah, yeah. I, wh- that's one of my notes, too, is like I liked the like when the camera was in it. Like somebody on the ice had the camera. It wasn't like an overhead shot or anything. Like they were actually skating around and like you got those action shots. Yeah. Like like the cameraman was in the action. And, they, and I thought that was cool. I love Gavin O'Connor, the director of this movie. Um, Warrior is one of my favorite sports movies, uh, which we will do some point on this podcast. Uh, it's the MMA movie with Joel Edgerton. And Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte, who got an Academy Award nomination for it. Yeah, he you just even saw that. Yeah, I went to go see it. I think we were still in Gainesville. I think I went to go see it by myself. Maybe I, I who the fuck did I even go with? Mm. Yeah, we owned it. I've seen it a few times. It, it was on mm. FX every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like his style of directing, and I like you know how real and how gritty he makes things. Yeah, Warrior has some pretty unrealistic moments just in terms of it being like Hollywood up. But 
you know, uh, the Hollywood version of this movie, like the super Hollywood v- version of this movie, would be like Arugioni making the goal with like five seconds left to put him in the lead, you know, instead of like, you know, the real thing. Like, the, all right, they had the lead and they had to hold it for 10 minutes. That's so much more tense and so much more like, even the, you know they're winning and even you, you know right, you're you building know up outcome. to, do you believe in miracles? Those last 10 minutes of them holding that lead and doing whatever it takes. And doing whatever it takes and Craig you know, like, still staying in the game and all this, like, that was so well done. And then the the brilliant uh, idea of... They had Al Michaels record all the lines for the commentary, you know, for basically for quality purposes, because you figure 25 years later, you know, it's going to sound like shit if you put it in there. But they kept the final line, the call the same because there's no way to replicate that moment of do you believe in miracles and announcing that they won like they just seamlessly transitioned over like kind of faded into it and then you just could see the reaction and even if you know what happens like you get a little emotional i didn't like out out and out like cry or weep but like i felt myself tearing up it's just like like this is such a huge moment in our in our country's history honestly um, and I always find it funny in these sports moments, especially these very, very famous ones, that it's very often not, it's like the penultimate moment, right? Like, they had to win another fucking game. Right, And nobody right. fucking cares about Finland. I mean, who cares about Finland? Um, Finnish people? Yeah, and if they're listening to this show... Thank you. I'd be fucking surprised. <laughs> uh, and thank you. Same thing goes with, like, uh, just off the top of my head, like, uh, fucking, like, the famous Red Sox Bill Buckner moment, like, when the ball goes through his legs. Like, that wasn't game seven of the World Series. That's game six. They had a whole nother fucking game to fucking blow, you know, afterwards. Right. So, but that moment of seeing all these kids, you know, once they got to the Olympics, the movie kicked off. Getting to the Olympics... You know, this is a two-hour and 20-minute movie. Oh, yeah, I know. And it felt it. It's fairly boring getting... I think also the hard part is that I couldn't tell anybody apart. And they all had similar names. This hothead guy, McLaughlin. Oh, O'Callaghan, McLaughlin. McCallaghan. And they were all... O'Connell. Midwest white boys with heavy accents. And long hair and mustaches. Man, this is a lot of white people, and they all look alike. They did. And this is what I also love, is the movie had the fucking nerve over the closing credits to highlight each fucking person of of this 20-man team. Or did they highlight all 26, maybe, even? No, I think only 20. I don't remember if Cox was there or not. I don't remember. I think he was. Yeah, so maybe they highlighted all 26. 20 or 26, whatever. And, like, after the first five, I had no idea who anybody was. Like, yeah. these people didn't have lines. These people didn't have character arcs. So the only one that really have character arcs are o- OC, because OC is the one that got hurt. And OC is also the one that had the... Uh, yeah, and he had the, the skirmish with uh, McLaughlin, who's the guy who gets hurt and gets uh, the deep thigh bruise, and uh-huh. Brooks yells the at him, from, and he goes from back Bring and Bring It On, yeah. Yeah, Sure. Uh, Rizzo, Mike Rizzoni, the captain, um, who's like basically second guessed the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know the conehead, the coneheads, the coneheads. But Which besides the coneheads, Mark Johnson, who's got all the goals. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. The, like the, like best, the, the actual player. best player on the team. He gets half the goals in the final game. And then Cox, who gets cut. Anybody else? I don't, I don't know who the, the fuck goalie. they are. Sigoli! Oh, uh, and Jim Craig. Sorry, Jim Craig is actually probably the one that gets, like, the most time. Uh, well, which I was... hated his whole thing of, I'm not doing the test because I don't feel like I need to do the test. Okay, well, then you pass the test. And then you're not playing well, so you, you should have taken, taken the, the test. test. And then his dad's there. <laughs> it's just... Again, like, it would have been better right. if we got, like, two was, scenes of him and his right. dad arguing, like, a, you never believed in me. Why well, I believe in you now? Like, like yeah. give and it some room. Give it some spice. Apparently, like, a backup goalie, but I didn't even know who that was. Well, the backup I goalie. I thought that was Cox. No, the back of the other mustache guy. The backup goalie uh, played for Brooks on, at the University of Minnesota. So, like, that was his goalie that, like, already won him, like, a championship. But he didn't play him. So again, that could have been something you, you spice up, but I can appreciate them sticking to the story that they had. It just didn't make for a better movie. It wasn't for me. compelling because the people weren't charismatic because they're hockey players. The most charismatic hockey player I know is Augie. I mean, I have seen Wayne Gretzky like talk in movies before, and he's pretty pretty bad. Um, well, and then those other professional hockey players from the Mighty Ducks. Uh, oh, yeah, like Luke Frank. Robitaille and stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the Russia game is rightfully intense and emotional. And then, you know, you also find that Herb Brooks, like, was tragically killed in a car accident, like, right, right. after this movie mm-hmm. finished wrapping and he never got a chance to see it. Um, I like that ending, though. When they dedicate it oh, to Oh, he him. never saw it, he lived it? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was nice. And then you get... Like I talked about, all these nondescript white people who ultimately meant nothing to the movie, mm-hmm. and like what they're currently doing, and I'm like, all these guys are just in fucking banking and real estate. I can't wait for that section and, in Augie's life. And, and and like, a lot of them were also like advisors or coaches. There for was hockey for hockey teams. I would love. One to, was like a, the women's Minnesota. There team was probably so. Coach. So let's say there was just twenty, right? I would say. Five were bankers. No, Five no. Five were real estate. I, I would say, honestly, it was like 60% were in some kind of like... Finance. Financing. And the other... Or business. The other like 25, 30% were in hockey. And there was not 10%. Like one guy was like being like a dentist. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No one was like an oral surgeon. There was one guy that was like like currently earning his degree. I'm like, this came out 20, at least 48 years old just going to college no, they're now? they're all in their 60s. Well, no, when the movie came out. This movie came out like almost 20 years ago at this point. This came out in 04. It's okay. You can get your degree anytime. It just was funny to just kind of see. Right? I, um... <laughs> that's mean. Uh, I, I think where this started was I didn't see this movie when it came out even though I was working at the theater because, again, hockey's a blind spot and Disney sports movies go in two distinct buckets. They either go in the... Air Bud movie. I was going to say they go in, like, the comedy, you know geared more towards family and children to have a good time route. And then they also go in the, just the straight up inspirational route. And I always, I mean, I hadn't seen Remember the Titans and, until I met you. And what? I, I didn't see it in theaters. I hadn't seen it before at all. I did not know that. Like the, like the what drama. What is wrong with you? The drama sports movies. What? I was never a big fan of if they weren't like big franchises like Rocky or something. 
I was always about sports comedies. So that's why this was, that's just like, I'm not going to fucking watch that. But it got good reviews, it made good money, and it's now regarded as like one of the greatest sports movies ever, and I vehemently disagree with that. But I'm fine, I think it's one of the best sports movies that stayed true to what happened. But that's about as far, that's not a, a, a subset that really, you know, should be a thing. So, and the whole, again, something that kind of came out of nowhere to me was, like, the fact that they were a family. Like, you didn't get to see Strong Side. You didn't get to see them come together. All of a sudden, it's just Christmas time, and they're opening presents, and they're outside, like, like joking around and stuff. Like, you didn't get to see them really come together and bond mm -hmm. and get a chance to see the script didn't allow those individual personalities and those connections to come to the forefront. And that's a big part of teamwork and camaraderie in sports movies. I think, okay, I, I, I can I So can that's why that. I was saying, like, it's bad. So I that can dig that. I don't know if that was a choice uh, because they saw what they had acting-wise, <laughs> of uh, of them finding it easier to have people that had hockey backgrounds acting as opposed to acting acting backgrounds hockey. Fucking Tina Thompson sold us how to skate. That's my answer to that. Is you just get people that are good actors. It's a movie. And if you get lucky and you get one or two that are all right. Like I thought the guy that played Rizzo was all right. You know, like I thought he had a decent, natural, uh shitty charisma to him you know yeah, it's like yeah. you can tell this guy's down on his luck he has a dopey face <laughs> and now he's, he's the captain of team usa he just constantly looked like somebody kicked his dog <laughs> like that's just always how he looked yeah and and you know you gotta have some skill to pull that off i guess uh we already mentioned kurt russell is undoubtedly the mvp of this movie i think he does a great job I'm not the biggest Kurt Russell fan. I think we talked about this. So he is going to be a multi-time MVP now. He was the MVP for the thing um, many years ago. I get... Who do I get confused? I get... Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges and yeah. Kurt Russell confused Jeff Bridges is a much better actor than Kurt Russell. I think Kurt Russell is good. My thing you know with what? Kurt Russell is that Kurt Russell to me is always solid, but not spectacular. I you think of him in like, like... When you fucking Goldie Hawn, you don't need to be anything other than solid and spectacular. You know? Back then. Uh, and now. Yeah, now she looks like a, she looks like a broom wish to become a witch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the meanest thing you've ever said about anyone. Especially because I met a mop. <laughs> uh, like, I think like Guardians 2 or yeah. Death Proof or uh, like a lot of like the 90s the, movies. Like those were Jeff Bridges? Or, no, those were Kurt Russell. Oh. He's, uh, the Tarantino movies, uh, like, I, uh, I like him in Hateful Eight, um, but like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's just, he's there. He's consistent. In this, uh, like him, his reaction to the game winner, I thought was very, very good in that he stayed as reserved as he could, you know, him he and his wife. He stepped outside. And he it very much reminded me of Dirk Nowitzki when he won uh, his only NBA championship for the Mavs when they beat the Heat the first year LeBron was on the Heat. Was, there's a big celebration. And, Why'd you have to throw that in there? Well, I'm just giving a context for people in that, like... LeBron, LeBron. It was, this was five years after he won his MVP, and he, they were very much the underdogs against this lauded super team and just by his his sheer will and also like battling through like the flu and shit 
they on his back they won very much kind of like this story they won the championship and their team's going nuts and celebrating and Mark Cuban's being Mark Cuban and Nowitzki just like had to go to the corridor like by himself for a few moments just to like compose himself because like this is what he's been working for and he, did he needed to get in control of his emotions and that's exactly what Kurt Russell does here he doesn't like you kind of see him like sitting down like you know sobbing but it's not like loud it's not boisterous right. it's just like i fucking did it yes you know and uh, this is going to be remembered forever type thing so in those moments he definitely earned it for me uh i mentioned like rizzo the other actors patricia clarkson doesn't get enough to do because she's the wife in a sports movie so you know she does her best Always have liked Noah Emmerich. Noah Emmerich's one of those character actor guys. Who, I love him. Anytime I see him in a movie, I'm like, hell yes. Give He's me more great. of him. He's so good. He's great. Uh, that's about it for my acting compliments. Let's get to all well, these other fucking white people uh, <laughs> that can be the LVP. I have one that is like the surefire winner. And if you disagree with me, who is the other hockey player besides uh, Cox that you were going to say that you liked? Was it Rizzo? You said you had two that you were like, they were all right. No, I didn't say I had two that they were oh. all right. I had a, a more. I mean, I liked Rizzo. He he was he was good, and I mm-hmm. could tell which one he was, <laughs> which was important. Um, it's very important. You know, I don't. I don't think so. Like, let's talk about Eddie Cahill for a second here, because Eddie Cahill, right, who played Craig, Jim Craig, the goalie, right. who played every minute of every game in the Olympics. For I mean, good years. for you, bro. Good for you. You apparently know this person. I don't know who this person is. Yeah, I've seen him in other things before. Okay. What else has he been in? Looks like he uh, was on Friends. He was on yeah. CSI New York. I've seen him on Friends. Because I've seen all of the Friends <laughs> episodes. Oh, and well, he was also on Dawson's Creek. I saw him on that episode sure. of Dawson's Creek he was on. He looks like he would have been on Dawson's Creek, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your point was? Um... Man, I think my favorite part of his performance was when it was the stunt double in the goalie gear and mask doing all of those (laughs) saves and flopping and saving and squishing and wishing because he was a piece of shit, man. He's my backup LVP. He's He's, not my LVP. No, no, but he's like, you know, I think we need to power rank these guys. No, it would be impossible for me to... Can I tell them apart? It would be Um, a... Five-way tie for all of them yeah. because they are was, all interchangeable. Oh, there's the guy who they gave underwear to at Christmas, the silk underwear to at Christmas. Sure. I don't know who that is. I don't know any of these people, and they don't have pictures on the IMDb. Yeah, because they're not because actors. They're not actors. Um, it is a crazy time, and so I don't know if this is purposeful or not. Like, if you honestly think about it, this is a big I don't know, big budget, but this is a Disney it's wide a release. Big budget. This, this oh, is the this is quote from Disney. the front of the the greatest moment in sports history. So, did they purposefully get no name white boys to be no name white boys? Because I could see myself sitting and watching the movie in two thousand four, being distracted watching the movie. Like, hmm, that's crazy. They got. Breckin Meyer to be Micah Ruzioni. You know what I mean? Like somebody who well, I can. Breckin Meyer's way too old to play a 20 get, year old. Not in 2004. You get my point, yes, right? Yes, he is. Will you just listen to me? Oh, yeah. 
You get my point? Like, yes. no, it'll I be do. distracting. So maybe it was purposeful. And I think what they have wanted to accomplish. But did they do it too well? <laughs> I think what they wanted to accomplish, which was have them be good hockey players and show good hockey and show why that team won. But there's been that's it's what not they like did. it's it's not like it's the first fucking hockey movie. You, you know there's gotta and you're not like dizzy. You weren't gonna get Joshua Jackson to fucking do you this have to shit. Get, you should have great synergy. Um you, you would have You have to be able to find a way to like do it. You know, like it's 2004 and you're fucking Disney. I'm sure you can figure it. You already know three fucking hockey movies. There, you at have the, to have a way. At the least. You have to have a way to be able to get the best of both worlds. So if this was their so maybe purpose. they purposefully did it. I think that's a good Then point. kudos to them. But then also, fuck you to them because it hurt your movie. Look, these by, three guys look exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell who's I'm looking who. at it from about three feet away. You could put it right in front of my fucking face and I have no idea who they were in the movie. This guy was the guy with the mustache. Cox. Okay. That guy actually has like ALS now. He's in a wheelchair. It's very sad. Well, that is sad. Yeah. He was, uh, he's uh, uh, Captain Marvel's mom in uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's mom? Uh, Joseph Danvers. Mom? Uh, yeah, stretch roll for him. No, his father. <laughs> sorry. Can we just get to the LVP already? Who's your LVP? I think it's either... No, I think OC did a good job with the... No, like, he, so I'm going to stop you right there. It's OC. And it is so OC. I, no, you know, I think it's more so McCallahan. No, no, no. I wholeheartedly disagree. Because McCallahan at least had that moment when he's injured. And Brooks is like riling him up being like, you don't have the heart to do this shit he had. And he freaks out and is like, you want me to play? I'll play. Like, he's in that moment. Uh-huh. OC. Just a little... Is so. I'm not even talking about like being a bitchy character. Like, had the most unnatural and I delivery. Like, of what was the anything line that I wrote down? I wrote down the line ever because like, so when we first meet these guys, right, and they're they all get they all get picked, and then they get this homework, right, the test, and then yeah. it cuts to them at a party, and there's beers and stuff like that, which is cool because they're in college, so they can drink, but. He's like, one of the guys walks in, and he's like, what did he say? He's like, oh, yeah. Like, mad that they were talking nice to McCallahan mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's like, I can't believe you guys, like, want to play with him. And they're like, why? What do you, what do, you do to you? And he's like, what? Why did you want to play hockey? Why did you want to play college hockey? And Cox is like, well, I want, I want to play in the NFL. I, I like hockey. NHL. Oh, I want to play in the NHL, just like everybody's like, I wanted to win a national championship. Like, come on, you little bitch. Get over it. God damn. See, it wasn't even that. So so that was, he was very bad at that exposition dump because then he had to explain like Pussy what happened. bitch. What if hothead McLaughlin or a Callahan, I don't fucking know how to tell these Midwest white boys with heavy accents apart. It must suck to live in Minnesota. Like, in Minnesota, you have to like hockey. Like, you have to. If you mm-hmm. don't like it, you're just fucked. I'm sure there's other things to do. Like, the Timberwolves are terrible. The Vikings are terrible. I think the Minnesota hockey team is also terrible. So I don't I don't fucking know. Who is it? The Minnesota Wild, I think. Yeah. The thing that that clinched it for like him being hurt <coughs> and you know him getting checked out by the doc and the conversation that Brooks has with him like he just is so vanilla, which is saying yeah, something all these but he's so unnatural and when at he's just, being emotional. And when he's just sitting there watching, it's just like... I'm, 
I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna bemoan no, him sitting in. Emote well. Yeah, no, he he does not know the correct emotions to exude because when he's supposed to show emotions, he's just oh come on, coach, let me play or whatever. I thought he was so bad. Um. So that that's my vote. Okay, that's fine with me. I, mean, uh, I don't. Michael well, Mantenuto. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, man. Rest he in peace. Himself. Yep, he killed himself about four years ago. Wow. Uh, he, uh, American film actor, college ice hockey player, and army officer. So he had a life. Um, and now he's the LVP on our podcast, unfortunately. So, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. to you. So sorry. Um, what was your favorite scene of the movie? Um, well, the, 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 the Russia game, like the end of the movie. Yeah, the close second would be the punishment scene, mm-hmm. even though I, I disagreed with how the... Some of the reactions. Like the reactions and mm-hmm. how it followed up. What was like, your least favorite scene? My least favorite scene? Oh, I was already starting to delete some of my notes. Because um, I'll tell you my least favorite scene in the movie. I'd love to hear it. My least favorite scene was this weird horn shower scene. Which is, that's just a locker, it's just a men's locker room. But then they were like, squirting shampoo on each They're other? Just having fun. That's what y'all do in the locker no, room? No, I have never been in a men's locker room like that, ever. I purposely didn't go to gym <laughs> class in middle school and high school because I didn't want to be naked around other men. Because <laughs> like, I'm very conscious of like me stinking and sweating, so I just wouldn't shower afterwards, and I'm going to be the stinky kid in school. But then I would like go shower and be like, oh yeah, you're the, the naked kid. Like, I don't well, know I mean, everybody fuck. else would be naked. I think. I don't know. But yeah, I've never been, like, naked. I don't like being around other naked dudes. It's like, God bless you. If you like it or you don't and you, just, you can deal with it, good for you. I like my shower time. I like my privacy. I really dig up in my butt when I clean it. <laughs> I don't need other people doing that, you know? Well, no one else, I think, would dig in your butt unless you were in this shower scene. Because <laughs> they look like they're about to dig in everybody's butts. I just, I just thought it was so out of place. Okay, and I guess that's, that's one of the showing the camaraderie of them. Yeah, that's together. as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. Well, no, I mean least favorite. So some of the melodrama, I didn't like like the focus on like the like the uh, the guy that was added to the team just to like rile them up. So like the scene outside the bus when like they're we're a family, and it's like well I'm gonna cut that boy. Like there's just so much added melodrama that wasn't interesting melodrama i would have preferred fictional interesting melodrama as opposed to heightened not melodramatic melodrama okay so that's ultimately where i'm standing with this uh what else on miracle um i feel like we talked about nothing and everything all at the same time yeah why do they burn their sticks that's why we were going to call Oh, Augie. right, right, right. We are going to call Augie to ask why they burn their sticks. and Probably like you, Cork and a Bat and they were cheating assholes. And you, didn't, you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't ask him today. I don't care. We'll get to it in August. Just, well, they don't burn their sticks in the Mighty Ducks movies. Hey, Alexa. Remind me on August 15th at 9 p.m. to ask Augie why you burn a hockey stick. Perfect. We'll get to it then. Okay. Um, I do have another question for you, though. What? About this movie. Hockey movies in general. Maybe we'll get to that in August as well. Why, in every climax of a hockey movie, and granted, I've only seen four of them, Mm -hmm. 
technically, four hockey movies. Why in the climax of all of them is there that really angry, intense coach stare-off that happens? Because I, I thought it was the same. It looked exactly the same as the Bombay Riley stare-off from the Mighty Ducks one. First of all, got to give a shout-out, an uh, honorary MVP to that Russian coach's eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> that was Man, if they got Peter Gallagher for that movie instead of Kurt Russell, they could have had fought... Eyebrow uh, uh, fight. They could have had a hockey showdown with eyebrows. Um, I think, and this is just a total guess, I think because it's the rare sport where the coaches are in such close proximity to one another. Because you think football, opposite sidelines. Baseball, opposite dugouts. Basketball, they're on the same side of the court, but you have, like, the scores table and, like, a whole bench there. Whereas in hockey, you have basically, like... The penalty one, box. You have, yeah, you have one pane of glass so they can directly see each other, and it's it's pretty tight-knit. That'd be my guess. Um, that, that's about it. Wow. Uh... Yeah, that, that'd be my guess. Okay. And also just get more shots of that guy's eyebrows. And Kurt Russell's amazing hairpiece. <laughs> what a hairpiece. That's, sorry, what a helmet covered in hair that was for Kurt Russell. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. Score time. Uh, you drew it, so I score it first. I, I've I wrote a number. I wrote two numbers down. I'm definitely gonna probably go with the lower one. Maybe it's fine. It's if it wasn't for the last thirty five minutes of the movie, forty minutes of the movie, the score would be a lot lower mm-hmm. because I felt we didn't even talk about like how pigeonholed I felt like his wife's complaints and like the home life stuff was that you have to have in these fucking movies, I guess. Of course. Um, Some bad acting by just hockey players pretending to act and a a lack of like cohesion that made sense to me and making an interesting story uninteresting. I I would go lower, but I'm ultimately going to give it a sympathetic six. Oh, I was going to give it six and a half. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I thought it was fine. Like... I believe in miracles, so, you know, I appreciate this movie. Shout out um, to Tope Adabanjo. My uh, favorite. Who will be one of those guest stars we were talking about, uh, possibly our first guest star. Um, for every single time you go down, uh, Dudley Do-Right's Rips Off Falls at Universal's Islands of Adventure here in Orlando. For shouting at the top of his lungs, do you believe in miracles? Before you go down the, uh, the big drop in the log flume ride, which I have reused and stole from him. On many occasions. So me and Tope both owe Al Michaels money. Not that he needs it. Okay. So 6.25 for Miracle. I think that's fair. Sorry, Og. Well, too bad. Random time. Reaching in the box. What are we hoping for? I don't know. I'm going to go kind of near the top here. Give me a number 1 through 10. Mm, 7. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Ooh, okay. So we're going to stay in the sports world uh, with some 30 for 30s. Okay, okay. Uh, and this is, oh, I don't actually, well, so usually, so it's going to be two movies. So, you know, like we kind of pair them up. Yes, I'm aware. And normally when I'm pairing them up, it's because uh, they're shorter, 
right? Like they're like 40 minute documentaries. Well, this one, I believe they are feature length documentaries, but they had to be paired together because it is a part one and part two sequels, The U, part one and two about the Miami Hurricanes. Cool, go Gators. <laughs> so The U, part one and two. What? You're not thrilled and excited? These are. Is two. The Rock in it? Is The Rock featured? He, I don't know if he was interviewed, but he definitely could have been around that time. Well, I don't want to watch it if not. No. Um, cool. That's fine. Oh, you'd be excited being a, a Miami. I'm a gator. I didn't go to school person. there. But you still, like, grew up in. Yeah, and then I went to school in Gainesville, and we won three national championships during my time there. Uh, we won four, excuse me. Are you talking about just football? We won two basketball championships, and we won. No, we won four. We won two basketball championships and two football championships. Oh, okay. I Four. Believe. I believe. Great. I don't know. I'm a bad gator. <laughs> awesome. What's coming up? Oh, man, that's a lot to watch because this is following it, too. So that's going to be... I got to check to see the links <sighs> of those. So... Well... Do you want to see... Do you want to see what else? So here's an unprecedented thing. Let's do right now for our anniversary, our special anniversary present. So I said pick a number between 1 and 10, right? So I'm going to... So if you'd said the other nine numbers, here's what it would have been. Okay. So he said number one would have been bigger, stronger, faster, which is another sports documentary, which is hilarious. What the fuck did you do? They're all going to be sports I, I, Every time I add something, I mix it up. Uh, number two would have been Ghost Dad, <laughs> which is a Bill Cosby movie. <laughs> you said seven, right? Okay, so number three would have been One Hour Photo, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, number four would have been The King of Kong, one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Number five would have been Legally Blonde, which actually would have gotten thrown away because we've already done Legally Blonde. So number five would have actually been The Last Kiss. I think this is a shitty Zach Braff movie. <laughs> number yeah, six I think it's a Zach. would have been Thief, Michael Mann's first movie. Seven was The U. Eight would have been Die Hard. Nine would what have... What would we have watched at Christmas then? Uh, another Shane Black movie. Uh... Or that's not Shane Black, is it? I think so. Nine would have been Boyhood, uh, former Oscar candidate and winner. And ten would have been Miracle on 34th Street. I thought you were going to say Miracle on Ice. I was going to be like, fuck (laughs) off. Let's do that one. Change my pick. But instead you picked seven, so we do the U, part one, and part two. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net. For this podcast and the others in our network of shows, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Um, follow me on Instagram at Jam with Your Sam. Follow me on Instagram at your host Malt Thirty Eight for my show Box, Box and, and Friends. Friends. I was being uh, like a supportive, like you when know I how, do plugs, but you just how, go do something else. You know how when you're like writing something and you want to emphasize it, so you bold it. I, was I actually have something bolded. to promote. So, Cayete, gracias. Were you trying to just speak Spanish? That was how you were going to speak Spanish? And we're about to do a podcast on the U, which is in Miami, which is the second Cuba? My show, Boxing Friends, where... See, you fucked me up. Now, Rich is going to be back because I'm supposed to promote Rich's show right now, which is happening tomorrow, from when you're hearing this. The Wackathon oh, Packathon. Like, it's not tomorrow. <sighs> You cunt. <laughs> Happy anniversary, babe. Follow him on Instagram at your host mullet. <laughs> 
for his show every Thursday, Box and Friends, almost every Thursday, whenever he buys stuff. So it really is every Thursday, Box and Friends. I haven't done a show in weeks. Yeah, because you've been saving it all up. You don't want me to know. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies, at Mary W. Movies on Twitter. Married with Movies at gmail.com. Make sure you're following the Podfather, Rich Cambellucci, this Friday, the Wackathon Packathon, all day raising money for good causes, opening up packs of cards. I'll be on there for several hours, probably near the end of the day. He's doing great work, so make sure you're checking that out at Rich Cammy on Instagram. I believe he'll be going on from 11 Central to midnight, so about 13 hours of card opening. Uh, be sure to give him your eyes and your ears. Samantha, anything else to add? No, you told me to stop talking to you. There's going to be a day where you, like, listen. What? And do what I say. <laughs> in your role as the fucking woman. Bro, bro, we've been together for 14 years. We've been married for eight of those mm-hmm. years. If it hasn't happened yet, don't hold your breath. Maybe I will hold my breath and I'll just pass out and fucking die already. Don't do me any favors. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. You know I actually love you, right? I'm really happy that we're together. And we have this show that we can express our love for each other on. I'm stopping the recording. Come back to you. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.